Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. podcast with me Carly hope you are all well witches I'm so sorry for not putting a podcast out I've been really unwell with a virus throat thing you will probably hear it in my voice on today's episode behind the scenes I have been beavering away on a lot of projects and podcast episodes just struggled recording because I have had the worst sore throat or no voice I also am very excited to say I sold my flat a few weeks ago to the same original people who in the end borrowed the money to bridge the gap between the sale of their place to buy mine and everything is coming close to completion so I'm excited to say I will soon be on the move. Thank you to my lovely friend Kirsty, who you may remember was on our Stitch and Witch episode. She sent me kindly a selenite wand after everything initially all fell through to refresh the energy in our home. And it was one that you can hang up and I left it on the front door handle. It's really lovely. And I'm convinced that switched up the energy. And yes, so happy that everything is coming together now. Anyway, witches, today we are going to be talking all about spring witchcraft with a look at Ostara. We're going to look at eggs and how they relate to witches more than I could ever have imagined. We have some journal prompts, a tarot oracle spread, a spell for sowing seeds of new intentions, and we also look at hot cross buns and how they link to ancient goddesses. Before that, our book review is a book we read in the Literary Witches' Coven, The Gathering by Catherine Jeanette. This book was so popular with the witches in the Literary Witches' Coven. I loved it too. Firstly, it is a hefty book. It is part of a saga, but I read this really quickly because it was just so unputdownable. This is the book's blurb to give you some insight into what it's all about. The veil between the worlds is shredding. The old gods are calling. Erin inherits a cottage in a remote village from a grandmother she's never met. A village full of witches and druids. But ownership of the cottage comes with a non-negotiable condition and it's one Erin's not sure she can meet. Coming from a world that doesn't believe in magic, can she change her mind in time to survive initiation and walk the path of her ancient ancestors? I loved The Witchy Cottage in this book, as did all of our witches who read this. 
This is a book that will give you incredibly cozy feels. I felt it wrapped me up in this comfy blanket, just offered me that escapism that I love from a fictional witchy book. Set in autumn, it had those feels too. And the main setting of the book is the woods. I loved all the descriptions. It was almost like you could smell the scent of the leaves, the moss, absolutely gorgeous. Our main character, Erin, was sweet, perhaps a little bit too sweet, but I think that that is probably my fault and an element of jealousy for me when I read about a protagonist, you know, in her early 20s who is living her best wholesome life, simply sitting in her witchy cottage, drinking witchy teas, because little of my early 20s can even be remembered and were mainly spent in dingy nightclubs off my trolley on hooch and similar alka pops, or stuck in a dingy office in London. Sigh, lol. I wouldn't change a thing really, but she was so wholesome, honestly. And, you know, that was great to read, I'm not going to lie. My favourite character had to be Winsome, the lovely vicar, who we encounter in the book. She was absolutely great. There's also a real clangor of an EastEnders moment in the book. As Kim, one of our witches in Patreon, cleverly commented, I don't watch EastEnders now. If you're in the UK, this is like a really, really long running soap. But if you cast your mind back to that one scene where Kat Slater goes, I am your mother. It is that level of a clangor in the plot. Brace yourself. This is a really hedge witchy fiction book, lots of reference to past lives, goddesses, familiars, journeying, herbs, plants, the Sabbaths, absolutely adored it. One of the witches in the book does a lot of death work. There is a scene where the vicar, Winsome, and this witch are collaborating, helping someone. The vicar uses the Lord's Prayer. Is it just me? But when I was a kid and we had to say that at school, I would be so dramatic with it. You know, it sounds like it needs to be read like that, doesn't it? Like, for thine is the kingdom. I really went all out with it. But in this book, there is an alternative version that the witch used that's in the back of the book. And I thought I would read it out as I liked it and thought you may too. I'll hold off on the amateur dramatics. Prayer of the Wildwood. Our mother whose body is the land, blessed be thy flesh, as above, so it is below. As it is without, so too it is within. Your bounty is also our own. We are in service to your needs, for compassion lives in our hearts and kindness moves our hands. For we are eternal and connected and we grow in the spirit of love. So it is, so it has always been and so it shall remain. World beyond time, world without end. Join me after the break to talk all about spring witchcraft.
today we are going to be looking at spring witchcraft and to start things off a brief look at Ostara or spring equinox that falls on or around 21st of March in the northern hemisphere a time where the sun crosses over the celestial equator and both day and night are of equal length lending to the Sabbath's themes of balance. This Sabbath is all about renewal, fertility, rebirth, new starts, a significant turning point in the wheel of the year of equal light and dark, nature's dualities, masculine and feminine, and above and below. A time where the light and nature begin to come into bloom that often fuels and inspires us to sow new seeds of intention. A time for us to check in with ourselves, to see if we are nurturing ourselves and if we need to cut out anything that is perhaps inhibiting our growth. We can honour this Sabbath in many different ways. I like to clear the decks energetically prior to Ostara by spring cleaning my home and altar. You may wish to decorate your altar with candles, freshly picked wildflowers, feathers, items that represent balance, perhaps an image or statue of the god and one of the goddess, one of the sun and the moon. You could use seeds, herbs, plants, bulbs, images or statues related to animals that are linked to this time. So rabbits, hares, lambs, chickens, butterflies, Bees, they play a vital role in pollinating the flowers and plants that symbolise this season and perhaps dyed or decorated eggs. Crystals linked to this Sabbath are amethyst, rose quartz and moonstone. Great colours you may wish to use to dress your altar with all your eggs are white, lavender, pastels in green, blue, pink, yellow. Herbs you may wish to work with in your rituals, perhaps to dress your candles or add to spells cast upon this time, or to adorn your altar representative of Ostara are red clover, crocus, daffodil, bluebells, honeysuckle, iris, lilac, lilies, narcissus, mint, peonies, tansy, tulips and violets. For kitchen witchery, you may wish to make hot cross buns. We're going to talk all about those on this episode. Also, we may want to work eggs, honey. Honey symbolizes spring blessings, sweetness, abundance, and the rewards of hard work. Wild mushrooms, you might want to use lemon into your magical creations. So some journal prompts that you may wish to consider around Ostara are, Ostara is a great time to plant new seeds in your life. What seeds of intention would you like to sow for the weeks and months ahead? What would you like to harvest by Samhain as a result of your intentions? What action on your intentions can you take before the wheel of the year turns to Beltane. One of Astara's themes is balance. Does your life feel in balance currently? And if not, 
what changes would you like to make to change this? I also have a tarot or oracle card spread that you may wish to try to go along with your journaling points too. Card one, a card to represent my current energy. Card two, what do I need to remove from my life that will allow my new seeds to grow? Card three, where do I need to grow in my life or mindset? Card four, what challenges may I face growing my seeds of intention? Card five, how can I create more balance in my life whilst I grow? Card six, shine a lantern on my year ahead. What else do I need to know? Eggs are often something we associate with Ostara, but they have many links to witchcraft and can be used in various different ways within ritual throughout the year, not just at this Sabbath. Eggs in witchcraft represent fertility, rebirth, creation, the earth and abundance. Many creation myths involve a cosmic egg of various names from which the earth was born. In alchemy, the egg contains the four elements. The shell is the earth, the membrane is air, the white is water and the yolk fire. Eggs in witchcraft, especially the shells linked to protection. Whole eggs would be left for malicious spirits to spare the household. Throwing the shells on your roof was said to protect the home from curses. We often see eggs died at Ostara and Easter. This tradition has ancient origins that can be traced all the way back to ancient Rome. The story is that upon the birth of Emperor Marcus Aurelius, his mother's hen laid a red egg. Her interpretation was that this was a sign of good fortune for her son's future. Here on in, eggs would be dyed and exchanged on special days to wish good luck and blessings, especially around Ostara and Easter. Many witches still carry out this tradition, but working with a variety of colours, a great way to incorporate colour magic. You may want to have a go at dyeing your eggs, perhaps using kitchen scraps. These can make a wonderful natural dye. You could use the peel of red onion, red cabbage, turmeric, coffee or spinach. Blessing eggs are blown and washed out eggs that you can fill with herbs that correspond with any intentions that you wish to set. Start by poking a small hole into the top and base of your fresh eggshell. Empty the contents of your egg out, then wash your egg and allow it to dry completely. Make one of the holes in your egg large enough so you can fill the egg with the herbs you are using for your intention. You may also decide to use colour magic through painting the shell or perhaps draw on sigils relating to your intentions. So let's have a look at Umancy. This comes from the website greenwitchliving.com. Umancy is the name for egg cleansing and divination, 
also known as Ovomancy, Oyamancy, Uscopia, Umancia, and Umancia. The name comes from the ancient Greek word for egg, un, and mantea, meaning divination. This practice was common in many cultures because there was an abundance of eggs and the ease of acquiring them, but it is thought to have originated in ancient Greece and Rome. There are many different ways to do an egg cleansing, dependent on the culture, but included here, this is a standard version if you'd like to try your hand at Umansi. You will want to firstly fill a clear glass bowl with water. Hot boiled water may make it easier to see new shapes since it will partially cook the egg and prevent it from moving more than necessary, but of course be careful. Next, cleanse the egg before rolling it down your body, starting at the crown of your head, allowing it to absorb impurities, then crack it into the water. This is a list of signs to look out for when divining with eggs. So firstly, a bad smell or yolk with blood or a black spot is said to indicate illness or a curse. Seeing the face of a person is the one who wished harm upon you. Likewise, seeing an eye means the evil eye is upon you and you should take protective measures. Double yoke is a sign of good luck. If you are dating, it could foretell marriage. Or if you are expecting pregnancy, it is a promising sign and could indicate twins. If you break the yoke, you will not have good luck in the future. No yoke is said to be a bad omen all around. Bubbles mean you are being protected by your guides and guardians. Seeing the shapes of animals can be interpreted by using the meaning of the specific animal. You should repeat as many times as necessary, cleansing and protecting between until signs are good and there are no indications of a curse and to dispose of the egg after the reading, bury it off your property, preferably at a crossroads or next to a tree. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. To many witches, eggs represent the spring equinox. This spring, you may wish to bury an egg in your garden to bless its harvest for the fruitful year ahead. It also makes an excellent fertiliser. You may wish to write a wish upon a hard-boiled egg, perhaps one that you've dyed naturally. You may wish to leave it in the woods or a natural setting as an offering for the spirit of spring, the goddess Ostara, or for the gods. The Greeks and Romans left eggs in tombs or near grave sites to symbolise the afterlife. You may wish to leave eggs at the graveside of a loved one to bless their eternal life. Eggs are perfect to add to spells that you want to infuse an element of cosmic light into or for solar magic spells. They also can be used within your kitchen magic in Ostara recipes or any recipes that you cast spells over relating to fertility and abundance. Set an intention and as you crack your egg into your mix, speak your intention before stirring it into your recipe. A superstition that originated from the Middle Ages was that you should always crush your eggshells lest the witches use them as tiny vessels to sail the seven seas. In Ireland, during the early 1800s, it was common practice to push a spoon through the bottom of the eggshell after eating it. This was believed to prevent witches from harming the eater of the egg and also to render the shells unusable for sailing around him. The idea had also taken root in Wales and was recorded in Pembrokeshire during the same century. This area was home to a particularly fearsome breed of witch. They had travelled from Flanders in their eggshell ships some generations before and were considered to be rather more terrible than the original Welsh witch. It was particularly vital to crush or burn your eggshells there. Otherwise, the witches could harm not only the person who ate the egg, but also the very hens that laid them. Even further back, Reginald Scott, in his Discovery of Witchcraft, published in 1584, warned of witches. They can raise spirits, as others affirm, dry up springs, turn the course of running water, inhibit the sun and stay both day and night, changing the one into the other. They can go in and out at anger holes and sail in an eggshell, a cockle or mussel shell, through and under the tempestuous seas. A hundred years later, Sir Thomas Brown in his Pseudodoxica Epidemica or Vulgar Errors agreed that To break the eggshell after the meat is out, we are taught in our childhood and practice it all our lives, which nevertheless is a superstitious relict. 
Brown somewhat scathingly asks the pertinent question of why on earth anyone would want to sell in an eggshell in the first place and why witches had to resort to stealing them from other people when they simply could source their very own eggs. Perhaps the oldest reference to the need to be careful when disposing of eggshells, however, comes from Roman writer Pliny. Pliny remarks, thus, as soon as anyone has sucked the juice of eggs, they are immediately broken. This implication being that to not do so would put one at risk of bewitchment, though nothing is said of witches using the discarded shells to sail in. The idea that witches caused mischief at sea was a recurring motif during the witch trials of the 16th and 17th centuries, with many an accused witch blamed for causing loss of ships and lives. Among them, Mary Lakeland of Ipswich was blamed for the sinking of a ship belonging to a man who jilted her granddaughter, and John Lowe's vicar of Brandeston in Suffolk was likewise accused of wrecking ships along with several other malefic deeds. Oh, never leave your eggshells unbroken in the cup. Think of us poor sailor men and always smash them up. For witches come and find them and sail away to sea and make a lot of misery for mariners like me. They take them to the seashore and set them on the tide. A broomstick for a paddle is all they have to guide. And off they go to China or round the ports of Spain to try and keep our sailing ships from coming home again. They call up all the tempests from Davy Jones's store and blow us into waters where we haven't been before. And when the masts are falling in splinters on the wrecks, the witches climb the rigging and dance upon the decks. So never leave your eggshells unbroken in the cup. Think of us poor sailor men and always smash them up. For witches come and find them and sail away to sea and make a lot of misery for mariners like me. Eggshells by Elizabeth Fleming. Other beliefs were that the witches flew to the Sabbaths in their eggshells and that the Fae also used them as a mode of transport. Ultimately, it was heavily advised one should destroy their eggshells before such magical beings could put them to good use. Maybe we won't ride in our eggshell vessels today, but we could work on crushing up our eggshells to add them to our spell work. Wash out your eggshells in warm, soapy water. You may want to let them soak first for around 30 minutes, which makes it a little easier to remove the eggs' membranes. Leave them to dry fully and then grind down in your pestle and mortar and store in an airtight container. These are ideal to use in spellwork around Ostara, also for protection spells and rituals, baneful magic, purification and cleansing needs, to cast your circle or mark sigils upon the ground, to add to spell bags, witch bottles or spell jars. 
to dress candles with or to use in fertility spells. Alternatively, keep your eggshell halves, wash them out to create tiny offering bowls, perhaps if you work with the fae, to leave libations in such as wine, milk, cream or ale, or you could put in tiny pieces of cake or butter. You may wish to take a half eggshell, candle wax and a wick and make tiny candles that can be used upon your fairy altar or at Ostara. Eggs have been cracked upon the roof to protect a witch from another witch's hex. Alternatively, they would place eggs by the threshold of their property or by their window for the same purpose. Eggs can be great for warding your property. Some use stones placed in each four corners of their home, but eggs can be a great replacement due to their strong things of protection. Be sure to replace them for fresh eggs each month. Farm fresh, free range eggs are preferable over supermarket eggs, ideally. So this is an Ostara new intentions spell. To put our eggshells to good use, you might want to save your half eggshells for this spring equinox spell, or frankly, any time of the year when you have a new idea or plan that you wish to see grow. This spell is ideal for more long-term goals that require consistent nurture and patience for them to grow. Our planted seeds will require us to tend to them regularly, an act that is also required from us in relation to our goals. Although little progress can be seen with our seeds and goals at first, consistency of action will ensure results will come. For this spell, you will need potting soil, seeds of your choice, clean eggshell halves and a seed starting tray. When it comes to choosing your seeds, you may want to consider the magical correspondence relating to the plant you choose and your intention. For example, perhaps peppermint for money, rosemary for a faithful marriage. Before we begin, you may wish to use perhaps your besom, a bell for some sound cleansing, or even a smoke cleansing bundle to clear your space and all the different parts we are using in our spell you are working with for this ritual. If you are using any garden tools, be sure to consecrate these in the same sacred way too. Make sure you are clear before you get started on what you want to grow within your life. Again, prior to this ritual, you may find that the journaling prompts we went through or even that tarot oracle card spread might help get you clear on what it is that you desire. Start off by meditating on your intention. Visualize it in all its full-bloomed glory. Take your eggshell half when you're ready, when you've got your visualization firmly in your mind and you're ready to come back. Take your eggshell half, place it in a pocket of your seed tray. Fill your eggshell with soil. Take your seeds and place them into the palm of your hand. Close your eyes and again, visualize fully your intention and see it infusing into each seed. Sow a few seeds into the soil, still with your visualization in mind. You may wish to speak or chant the following. 
My seeds of intention I will sow, as above and so below. Nature arises from its slumber as I create magic full of wonder. Cover your seeds with a fine layer of soil and lightly water. You might have some moon water made upon a new moon that you could use to add even more magical energy into the process. And of course, continue to nurture with sunlight and water whilst you continue to nurture your own intention through taking consistent steps towards your goal. You will likely need to transfer your plants, your garden, or a bigger pot as it bursts with growth. And as your plant grows, so will your intentions. Something else we always tend to see at Ostara and Easter are hot cross buns. Hot cross buns always hold a lot of magic to me. My granddad Jess in his lifetime was a baker, even when he served in the Second World War out in Burma. This was something that was part of his duties. Even into his old age, he would rustle up a batch of hot cross buns for us at Easter. I can still remember the smell of dough and spices and how I watched in awe as he masterfully adorned them with pristine white iced crosses, patiently waiting to demolish one. Little did I know then that these buns have been baked since the dawn of civilization. In a variety of forms, of course, but they were used as offerings for goddesses such as Ishtar, Inanna, Isis, Hathor, Artemis, Venus and Aphrodite. Initially, buns were decorated with the symbol of the ox horn, sacred to goddesses across the globe. In Assyria and Sumer, they were left as offerings to the Sumerian queen of heaven and earth, Inanna and also Ishtar. This tradition was continued with the Egyptians continuing to mark them with the ox horn symbol for their mother goddess Isis and Hathor. These buns began to be symbolic with the moon. The Greeks referred to these baked goods as boons, B-O-U-N-S, a word linked to bous, B-O-U-S, which was Greek for ox, which is where we get the English word bun from. The Greeks changed the buns marking to four cross quarters that represent the lunar cycle and they would offer these to Artemis, their lunar goddess, along with enjoying eating them at her personal shrines and temples. The Romans were known for enjoying crossed buns at public sacrifices in honour of Diana, their lunar goddess. The Anglo-Saxons baked their own small crossed variations to offer up during many springtime feasts for their own spring goddess. Various names were given to this deity from Ostara to Austere, Istra, Osten, and all of which deriving from the word for spring, Istra. The hot cross bun continued to reign supreme. In much, much later years, the Catholic Church ultimately rebranded it. All pagan symbolism was now removed. Instead, the cross represented that of Jesus' crucifixion and his suffering. 
Protestant Queen Elizabeth I ruled for the hot cross bun to only be eaten at Easter, Christmas Day and at burials, deemed too special to be eaten upon any other day. Despite this, many would still bake their own at home. However, should they be caught, their hot cross buns would immediately be confiscated and gifted to the poor. Also considered by many to hold healing properties, uneaten dry hot cross buns would be crumbled down to use as a medicinal powder. Hung in kitchens, they were said to protect from evil spirits, ensure any breads baked for the year would be good, and also ensure a kitchen fire wouldn't break out. And again, coming back to sailors and shipwrecks, hot cross buns were considered to be a powerful protection talisman. They would be taken aboard ships to ensure safe travels and protection from shipwreck. And just to tie everything up with a very lovely pastel coloured Ostara bow, I'm going to read for you the Spring Equinox Prayer. The dancing hair foretells the spring, with the fertility and new life this time does bring. Istra dances on the earth as seeds and flowers come to birth. Tulips and daffodils come into bloom and life sprouts from the earth mother's womb. Chickens lay their eggs, now the light is growing. Catkins and blossoms on the trees are showing. The sun reaches forth with his hand to the maiden of flowers returned to the land. Their dance brings new balance into our life planting the seeds to overcome strife. We grow with the flowers and the trees, winter's gloom banished on a spring breeze. The joy of new birth enters our hearts as we look forward to Beltane's love. I mean, I think we were all hoping that the end bit was going to rhyme, but it didn't. But nevertheless, it was quite sweet. (laughs) I just want to say, witches, have a beautiful, blessed Ostara. Have a wonderful spring. I will catch up with you all very, very soon. You can find all the show notes, all of the tarot spreads, journal prompts and the like over on the Witches Institute, my Patreon. It's just £6 a month. You get access to a ton of extra content. There's an additional podcast episode on there each month. And of course, it's been running for a while. So there's loads that you can access if you sign up and you can cancel at any time. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook. All my links are in the show notes. And you can always drop me an email if you want to get in touch. But for now... I'm sending you lots and lots of witchy love.